Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. I am super excited to have this special guest on my show today. Her name is Milana Baylor Amadi, and she is a personal relationship coach and founder of Maverick Maven. Her mission for Maverick Maven is to help others attract and cultivate healthy relationships, starting with the one they have with themselves. Milana, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Yes, ma'am. So, and it's interesting that we actually met on Clubhouse. Is that correct? <laughs> that is very correct. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know anything about Clubhouse, you definitely make a lot of connections on Clubhouse where you just go into different rooms and you talk to people. And I was in, I was very excited to be able to talk to Milana and one of the groups. So, I am, again, thank you for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So, Milana, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do. So, I could speak for uh, weeks on end talking about myself. (laughs) But I'll tell you the bits of me, partial bits of me that actually led to what I do. I am a baby of the family. Technically, I'm the middle child because my dad had a son with another woman, but I grew up in the house with my mom and my older sister. And like I said, my dad had a son. My dad did not grow up with us. I come to find out later in life that my dad did actually raise my brother. And my mom was heavily focused on my older sister. So technically I was a middle child, but you know, in the house, I was a baby. And it made me feel very emotionally neglected because my mother really did like case in point my mother and my sister are still under the same roof to this day oh so (laughs) that made me that made me have to be very self-sufficient and I know that for a lot of people being ignored abandoned neglected any of those words that one would use to describe their childhood it might have made them go down a negative mindset but I say that myself and God raised me because I've always just thought from the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with God raising me, a lot was instilled in me spiritually to where there was nothing that could knock me down. When I faced challenges, obstacles, opposition, my mindset was, okay, what did I do wrong? Nothing. Okay, what's wrong with them? Okay, now I know how to handle them and now I know how to move. Like it was never my mindset was, oh, they said this, I must be the, you know, and I'm not saying anything is wrong with people who think that way. I'm saying that that was, that was never, it was completely different for me. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up with a a level of confidence, a level of self-esteem and a level of self-reliance that later on come to find out is unheard of and completely in opposition of my circumstances. Okay. Um, that, that, that mindset created 
a way for me to move through life and handle oppositions in life, which I faced a lot of in a way that always allowed me to depend on God's grace and have me come out victorious. And I'll give you a couple of examples. I've always been, and I'm going to use these words because it is what it is. I've always been short, fat, dark, and nappy. And America says nothing about that is, is beautiful. And even Black people say nothing about that is sexy. Yet I've always been beautiful. I've always been confident. I've always looked good. And I actually was even a prostitute. Mm, okay. Yes. <laughs> talk talk <laughs> to me about that, that lifestyle. How did you get into that type of lifestyle? So one of the obstacles was as a child, I was molested by both male and female. Okay. And so it, it made me hypersexual. And in, in that situation, most people would go one way or the other to the extreme. They either abhor sex and become upset, become asexual, or they're either highly intrigued by their sexuality and become hypersexual. And that's where I went. And so for me, my sexuality, even as a child, because I was exploited, not in a commercial sense, we were pictures or, you know, we didn't have internet back when I was growing up, but not in a commercial sense like that, but in the sense of, this person would say, I'll do favors for you if you do this, mm-hmm. or I won't tell that you did this, or they'll make up a lie that they knew everyone would believe. I won't say that you did this if you let me do this. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I learned at a very early age that this thing can give me some things. <laughs> gotcha. and, and so when I came into my sexuality after puberty, then I welded as a weapon. I used it as a way to obtain adoration, if you will. It was my altar of idolatry is is really how I see what I did with it. I wanted people to idolize me. Oh, you you thought I was ugly and fat in middle school, but now you're blowing up my pager in high school. Yes, bow down to this thing. Like that was my mentality. And like, you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> Like, I'm over here like this girl here was off the chain for real. I really was. And baby, if you you would talk to any of my friends from high school, they could tell you some stories about some stories about some stories. (laughs) It's it's been witnessed. I had a group of friends that used to, we'd go somewhere and they'd point, hey, Milana, you see him? Go see if you could get him. And and 40 minutes later, after I walk out the house or from the back of, of, a, of a car or something, they'd be like, oh, tell us, well, how was it? Like they always, it was like a game for them wow. <laughs> to see what did I do to pull this dude? Because they've never seen a big girl move the way I move. Mm-hmm. And I mean that figuratively and physically, because mm-hmm. I was also a dancer. Oh, wait a minute. Now, hold on now. <laughs> Now, I wasn't a stripper, but I could dance. Okay. I could dance my tail off. And as a matter of fact, because I could dance so well when I was, I, I used to I used to work at a strip club in college. One of my girls was actually a stripper inside. And she she was she was younger than me. She was a freshman when I was a junior. And so she wanted to go and make money outside of the money her dad was giving her. And like that, you know, have his foot on her neck. Do what I say because I'm paying for this. 
So she wanted some outside money, but she was a freshman. She was shy. And uh, she used to call me mama. My friends since middle school have called me mama. Well, there's a lot of layers to this story. Um, (laughs) When we got to the strip club for the first, I'd say, month, month and a half, because she would hang on me, call me mama, bring me drinks, and hand me her big bills because she didn't want nobody stealing from her. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought I was her pimp. But the bouncers at the door knew otherwise because they were advertising for me. And wow. I was hooking out of the parking lot of the strip club. But the girls inside, they liked me. They knew me and they knew I could dance. And they kept asking me, why don't I come inside and strip? And I just had to tell them, look, <laughs> I know my limitations. I know how to I know how to dress up the good parts of my body and camouflage the parts that I don't want, want people to see. <laughs> and so I, to, for me to take it off, no, that don't make no sense. Uh, <laughs> so I stuck to what I was good at and I was so good I remember the manager came to me one night I had, it had to be about my second or third mom he came to me one night he said I'm sorry I'm gonna have to start charging you tip out tip out is what the dancers pay the bartender and the DJ okay. off of what they made that night because they you know the bartender served the drinks to the customers that got them drunk to spend the money on the girls and the DJ played the good cuts mm-hmm. for the girls to so he said, I'm going to have to start charging you tip out because you make more by nine o'clock at night than some of these girls make all night. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Them. Yeah, because I was getting them with their pockets full before they yeah. went in because I, I was at the door. Okay. And then I was getting them with other parts full <laughs> on their way out the door. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And how long were you doing that? About a year we did that. Okay. Yep, I'd say about eight or nine months because then in, in the summertime, her grandmother found out where she worked and put an end to her working there. Mm. And that's when I went ahead and decided to look for a pimp. I left school, hit the road, and uh, traveled the country doing what I do best or what I did best back then. Mm-hmm. And so I know what it's like to to literally be a legit walk in the streets hooker <laughs> yeah wow that's one of the things that I, I i use to reach some of the girls with health health uh with self-esteem yeah. issues is the fact that i know a lot of girls depend on their sexuality to get them things that they really don't want to use their sexuality and they don't know any other way mm-hmm. but because yeah. i've been in every area of that tapped into a little bit of porn too, but that's all another conversation. Um, <laughs> because I've, I know that underground lifestyle, there's nothing they can tell me that would shock me. And then it, it makes them not feel judged. Not that I do judge them, but then I, I come across as that non-judgmental open ear. Uh-huh. And then to be able to have something to say back to them, it just, it, it bridges that gap. Yeah, And it makes them feel heard and seen and it ensures them that I know how to help them. And that's yeah. one of the best things I love about my story is that I know how to talk to people from the suburbs of upper middle class America to the slums in the street, whether yeah. you're homeless, whether you're hooking, whether you're addicted. I know how to talk to people in a wide range. Amen. And and it's funny you mentioned that you shared your story because from from what you've told me, you are a soon to be author. So tell me about that. 
my entire life, and I mean from middle school until today, everyone has been telling me, girl, you need to write a book. <laughs> and for, <laughs> for the longest time, I wouldn't even entertain it because I didn't think my story was amazing. I didn't think there was anything about it that was overly dramatic or, you know, super fantastic. It wasn't like I went from rags to riches. It wasn't like, you know, there was this huge, amazing transformation or anything. I didn't understand why people thought my story was so amazing. And then one day I was on the phone with some coworkers and I shared with them some of my, my personal story. And they said the same thing, you ought to write a book. And I told them, I said, I don't think my story is amazing. There's other people who went through this and they ended up, you know, being this or they ended up having to do this. And and then they went through rehab or then they, they met this person and now they're on the other side. And those people had had a worse time and have a greater transformation. And I didn't get stuck at any level of my story for me to feel like, you know, I did anything great. I feel like I was just sliding by on God's grace my whole time, mm. my whole life. Like I, I personally, me, Milana, in her humanity, I did not do anything great. And they were like, but that's the great thing about it is that you knew it was God's grace. And, and you as a human, the part that you did was accept God's grace for you to even trust him, for you to even know to go to him, for you to even in your worst still depend on him. That's the beauty of it. And I heard them. I didn't feel it, though. Yeah. But that night, by that time, I was already married. And so it was 2.30 in the morning. It was kind of cold. I live in Texas, but, you know, it can get cold down here. It was cold. And 2.30 in the morning, from the warmth of my bed, from up under my husband's arms, the Lord woke me up, told me to get up and start writing. And I did not understand because... I had no intention of writing a book and he just, he just kept telling me you didn't get stuck. And I was like, right, that's my point. And he, and <laughs> I don't know if you've paid attention to uh, these types of videos on, on social media, but there's a particular guy called Suede the Remix King. And he takes little snippets from the news and snippets from songs and remix them and <laughs> makes these mean songs. And that's what it felt like the Lord was doing. He started remixing. You didn't get stuck. You didn't get. And it was like, it was like a drum beat that was in my spirit. You didn't get stuck. You didn't get stuck. You didn't get stuck. You didn't get. And literally, it just kept playing over and over until, oh my God, that is the point. I didn't get stuck. Yeah. That is what makes it so amazing because I didn't get stuck. (laughs) I said, boy, as book smart as I am. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes you can't see the trees for the forest yeah. and that was when I realized wow I'm not just a slacker who God decided okay you're so foolish I gotta take care of you and give you extra grace I actually am an overcomer yes that was the first time now I've been I've been hearing God's voice since I was six that was the first time in my life I actually saw myself as an overcomer. That is awesome. Really. It was so eye-opening to me. And so little by little, I've been working on my book. But within the last two months, there's been an extra push. Because I realized if I I get my book out there, 
my book would actually draw people to my coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you were writing your book, was there any challenges in certain parts of your life that were like, uh, I don't know if I want to go there, but then you, you know, and God kind of pushed you to say, you know, you need to show everything. You need to share everything. So there are, there are people in my life that I can't leave out of the book because the impact of our relationship is critical to how I move, how I think, how my future was shaped. And those people are still alive. And so that part is that part is the the tricky part for me as as a certified copywriter, which I am actually, I need to tap into the creativity of speaking about those people, speaking on the situations without coming across accusatory. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say nervous. I'd say cautious and, and compassionate about mm-hmm. those parts. Case in point. In the beginning of this interview, I said I was molested by both a male and a female. And I was able to tell you how that transpired without pointing to any type of relationship. Yeah. Wow. So that's the tricky part. I, I believe that as, um, and this is God order my steps. This is what I want for the future. I want to be able to say everything as it is. And I believe that as my story and and myself become more known, it will be inevitable. And I just want that to be, I want to be in a space where it's safe for me to speak openly and completely in detail as yeah. much as need be. I think a lot of people, when you are transparent before those people, it makes you more, more attractive. And the reason why I say that is because there are a lot of people that have gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and they feel like they can't share it with anyone because of maybe shame, guilt, or whatever the case is. But being able to be transparent, you know, real raw and transparent is what I say. It makes it, makes it in front of people as if it's like, you know what, if they got through this and they don't have a problem sharing their story and being very detailed about their story, then maybe, just maybe I want to use my voice as well and share mine or just even talk to someone about what has happened to me. What you just described is what I seek to be, motivational and inspirational. Amen. That is what I need my everything that I do to be. Yeah. Because that's I feel like that's that's really purpose. My purpose here on earth is to inspire people and motivate them to be their best. And you cannot be your best if you can't get past the healing point. There you go. You don't know how to heal if you haven't even identified what to heal, if you too afraid to address that thing. To even to even look at it within yourself, you see that's all the things that I I deal with and and I help people with in my in my coaching mm-hmm. because you can't you can't live your best life if you're not your best your best you and in order to be your best you you have to be able to look at all of you 
the good, the bad, the ugly, the ooh, I wish that wasn't. And be able to say, okay, that's what it is. Whether I like it or not, I need to accept it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who won't even spend time with themselves because they don't want to see what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Talk to me more about Maverick Maven and what what exactly you offer as services. So Maverick Maven, first we have to look at the title because that title I, I handpicked. Even the spelling of the words. A maverick is someone who is very unique. Someone who does things completely outside of the box. And a maven is a connoisseur, expert in a a specific area. And I am an expert at living life outside the box. (laughs) I am someone who has always thought outside the box. I hear people say something and I hear people all the time say, who thinks like that? How did you? How did you come up with that conclusion? Well, you know, it's kind of common sense to me because I just, I live on the other side of the coin. It's, it's common for me to be on the other side, to, to always see things differently. And so Maverick Maven is, is myself. I am Maverick Maven. But what I want to do is help teach other people how to think on the other side because so many people are living out of their childhood hurt or out of a, a bad breakup or they're just living out of their pain. They're living out of the negative side of life. But if I can help you switch your perception about you, about circumstances, about life, and about how to move through it, if I can help you become a Maverick Maven too, then you can be your best self. You can live your best life and you can go on and live and walk through purpose. That's the goal. And so Maverick Maven is is actually just kind of like a a conglomerate of my life. It's everything that I've gone through in life. It's every lesson I've learned, all the wisdom I've picked up. It's it's taking into account all of the gifts, natural and supernatural that I have. And I am using them to help other people. Awesome. Some of the clients that you work with or who do you actually work with? So it started out with one-on-one coaching and started with professional clients, people who needed help being more confident at work, people who needed help trying to figure out whether the job they had was really where they should be, or, you know, should they make the decision to try something else? There's There's always something that's already on their mind. Um, and just giving them the tools to be confident within themselves where they can make their own decision. So it started out with that, but it always led to the root being something they're not doing, not seeing, not believing because of a childhood trauma that they have not healed. It always went back to that. And so I became very well versed in helping walk people through the healing of childhood trauma. So I offer trauma healing. One of the things that I've been teaching since 2010 is the Successfully Single course that I I am creating. Successfully Single is the course for single people to level up in their life in seven different areas. It is the exact same thing that I did and and the exact same mindset and, and goal setting steps that I did to prepare myself for marriage. 
And now here I am in my sixth or seventh year of marriage. And I want to help people with that, you know, because there's a lot of everybody want to be married, but not everybody want to be a husband or a wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want the 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 position, you want the the benefits without the responsibility. You want the title, but not what comes with the position. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, do you even know what comes with the position? Do you even understand what marriage itself is? And do you have an understanding of what the different positions are? And I'm not just talking about gender roles. I'm talking about, yeah, when you decide whether or not you want to spend that $55, you do have to consider somebody else. And if you got, (laughs) you know, uh, if you want to, you know, take that trip to visit your mom for Mother's Day, yeah, you you do have to consider somebody else's schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, as a single person, if you were like me, spontaneous, baby, get up, do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and with anybody I want to do, or with nobody at all, I was ain't okay with that. Mm -hmm. But as a married person. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game for real. Yeah. And see, my husband, this is a little bit of information about me. My husband is Nigerian. He grew up in a Nigerian village where there was no electricity, no running water. People didn't leave the house after seven o'clock. And yes, he's in America now, but that, you know, that's ingrained in him. What do you what are you doing outside when it's dark? Like what, what you're you're married. Well, why do you need to be out of the house? <laughs> I was used to going, you know, Walmart's here in, in Texas are 24 hours. I was used to going to Walmart to do my grocery shopping at 1.30 in the morning so I can afford the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I try to compromise one night and go at 10.30, you know, a little early, but still, baby, please. Yeah, no. No haps. <laughs> no, nah, I, don't, I don't think so. Not at all. <laughs> That is really my heart in, in is in teaching single people how to prepare for marriage by being confident in their life in seven different areas. I teach confidence and 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 competence yes. in your spiritual life, your financial life, because I've been raised myself from uh 357 to 700 plus club with, yes. with my credit score without paying anybody without taking any programs just by making it do what it do mm-hmm. i had to do this this is grassroots everything i learned was grassroots with nobody telling me anything so i want to you know i want to be the support for someone else so it's a spiritual financial emotional that's where that healing comes in yeah professional which is also like intellectual there's physical which takes into account your internal health but also your fitness and even more importantly, your, your personal image of yourself. Yeah. They're social. And of course they're sexual. So I teach leveling up your life, yourself and your life in all seven areas. For my, my one-on-one client, I do that with our, our weekly calls. And then, like I said, I'm creating the, the successfully single course to help people do that in, in a group coaching setting. 
And ultimately, I will be doing a follow-up course from successfully single to successfully suited. And that is when you have been successfully single and now you've met somebody and you need to know how to decide how and if this person is really compatible. Not how much you love them, not how much they do for you and how cute he is. Compatibility, uh-huh. because see, if you want lifelong companionship, uh-huh. you're going to have to be compatible in communication. You're going to have to be able to be compatible in your respect for each other and for yourselves. There's some compatibility that people always seem to skip. <laughs> yeah, you you right about that. You know what? We're going to end up having uh, another show because for real, <laughs> all of this that you're talking about is a topic that needs to be discussed for real with our mm-hmm. single everything from from being single and being content and being single and how to actually be a wife to your husband how to do that there's a lot of people that i know personally that need to hear this message for real and so we are definitely going to need to have another discussion on that at another time but there's one question that i really want to ask you what do what can you say to those who have experienced trauma in their life how how can you help them to go forward in their life even with the traumatic ex- events that have taken place in their life in the past or even in the present so there is there is this um this mantra i would say that that people say you are not what happened to like what happened to you doesn't define you and i want to i want to tweak that a little bit because what happened to us Sometimes we do allow that to define. It defined how we thought about certain things. It defined whether or not we went to college. It defined, you know, what relationships we got into. It 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 has a lot of definition in our lives. So to say what happened to you doesn't define you. I understand the I understand the sentiment behind it. I also understand that a lot of people can't accept that because it feels really dismissive. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's minimizing the residual effects of the trauma. I like to say, though it may define you, it does not have to determine who you are. In yeah, other words, it. it may have defined some events of your life. It doesn't, it doesn't spell out your personality, and it definitely doesn't spell out your purpose. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I yes, want to ma'am. tell people. I want to tell people who have lived through trauma. You need to know that what happened to you was not your fault. Yeah. And even if it was your fault, or if you played some part in it, it is your past. You can recover. You can heal, and you can redeem yourself. Amen. You do not have to continue to replay that trauma in every stage of life through your decisions, through your environment, through your behavior, through your mindset. You can't overcome it. And that's that's what I needed to know. Because like I said, so it wasn't until a couple of years that I realized I was an overcomer. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just all, all God's doing and I was just a pawn. You know, no. 
There is importance in me. I am an overcomer. And as much confidence and self-esteem and, and, and boisterousness, boldness that I had, it was my self-worth that was lacking. My value, my, my, my belief that my life had value in this world, it was lacking. My self-respect was there. Like, I believed I was awesome, but I didn't believe that other people believed I was awesome. I didn't believe that I could convey to the world that I was awesome. I thought, you know, there's a lot of layers of self-introspection that needs to happen. And it is very possible. It's very possible. You are an overcomer. The trauma may have happened. The trauma may have defined some things in your life. It may have guided some decisions and some some circumstances. It does not define your destiny. Yes. You do. That's what I want to say. Wow. And wow. Okay. That's going to be a snippet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be a motivational snippet. So you guys stay tuned to that. I know that you have your your book project that you're working on. When do you anticipate having that book out? You know, I have I've been chipping away at it over the last two months. And I, I honestly, whew, it's one of those things where you know how you have a favorite artist that put out two records. You know how long we was waiting for Lauren Hill to drop? That's <laughs> what because I honestly, I honestly could not say to even get to the point of intentionally writing it is is a place of victory for me. There's a lot I still need to learn as far as you know publishing, you know the whole book release process. But outside of that, honestly, I would say this: keep up with me, keep following me on social media, and and keep checking for me and and and. The story unfolds as as I speak to more people and as I'm more active on social media. Yeah. But to read it all together, the whole puzzle put together, that 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 would be the special piece. So okay. um, I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, that's fine because we once you do have it, I'm gonna need you to come back onto the show so that okay. we can uh, go into even more detail about your book and. How can people get in contact with you if they want you to speak to their women's ministry or speak anywhere? How can people get in contact with you? FYI, I love speaking to the children, too, because confidence starts, bullying starts, um, molestation and tearing down of self-esteem starts in childhood, too. Um, So. Speaking to youth ministries, speaking to singles ministries, speaking to women's groups, speaking to businesses, all of that. You can find me on Facebook at Maverick Maven Milana. You can find me in Clubhouse. I am Milana the Maverick Maven. Or you can look it up by the uh, the at with at, Ma- uh, at Maverick Maven on Clubhouse. On Instagram and TikTok, I am at Maverick Maven. And all of this information will be on the show notes at the end of this show. Milana, yeah, we're going to have to have another talk. (laughs) (laughs) Because unfortunately, we have run out of time. 
but it is it is certain that we will be talking again. I I guarantee that we will be having another conversation about everything that you just shared, and and we're going to be doing some collabing because yeah, yeah, that's just going to happen. I love it. <laughs> so, Yes, ma'am. So, Milana, it has been a blessing and an honor to have you on Wove Inspiration. Thank you so much for all of your motivation and encouragement for my listening audience. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing for me. You are very welcome. Hey, you guys, this is Althea with Wove Inspiration Podcast. You're listening to the Midweek Motivation. You guys have an awesome day. Take care and God bless. Hey, this is Althea, host and producer of Wove Inspiration Podcast. Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts.